What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you're listening from today. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Um, I'll explain why I'm changing my opening a little bit later. Um, So welcome everybody to today's show. I've got a wonderful guest in store for you. I'm really excited. We've got some some new developments here at talkradio.nyc and um, wherever you may be listening to us from. And I just want to remind people that we are now live streaming our video to our YouTube channel. So please go to uh, youtube.com slash talking alternative. If you'd like to see the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel, that would be totally awesome. All right. So I'm really excited about my guests. So let me get to uh, the little section of my book uh, before I introduce my guest who I'm excited about. And so uh, let me get through this so I can bring him on board real quick. All right. Uh, The section of my book, Everyday Awakening. Again, you can always get it at everydayawakeningbook.com. This section of the book is called Communication is the Key to All of Our Relationships. You've heard it before, but it bears repeating. Communication is key. It is the key to all of our relationships for a number of reasons, regardless of the situation, the relationship, or the business. Most of the time, we think we know what the other person has meant, and we think we know exactly what we meant when we had a conversation. Yet, if we check in with each other with each other weeks, days, or even hours later, we may find that our understanding is not as clear or as accurate as we thought it was. More relationships have been broken. More partnerships have dissolved. More businesses have been lost because communication was insufficient or not maintained as time went on. And things heard were not repeated for clarity than from any other cause. It is helpful when having a breakdown of communication to remember that miscommunication does not happen on purpose. We do not intend to misunderstand someone, nor they us. What we hear is merely a reflection of where our consciousness is at a given time. We sometimes forget that things change over time, and with those changes come our perceptions of what that meant to our original communication. The solution is always the same. Communicate often, communicate constantly, and revisit all communication over time. It may serve us more, it may save us more than a few headaches. So where can you be communicating more in your life? At home? at the office with a friend. So I wrote this section of my book uh, a while ago um, because I was reflecting on, uh, there was something that happened. I can't remember exactly what it was at the, at the time now, but something had happened and somebody had gotten a completely different meaning uh, by, by what, uh, by the situation that, than I had meant. 
And and it, it was probably a week or two later, and we finally sat down and we discussed it and talked about it. And it was like, no, that's not what I meant. And 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 but you said this, no, that wasn't what I meant. And and we we talked about it more, and it was like, oh my god, we both had completely different perspectives of what was being said. And, and not just what what the other person and they're like no that's not what i meant and i'm like no that's not what i meant it, it was just so amazing how cloudy the communication was when we thought we had been communicating so clearly and so that was a real lesson for me and then i started to sort of check in a little bit you know mostly with my wife because it's the closest relationship but with other people too and over time, I find that it's so easy to have a, a different interpretation or a different view of what was said and what was meant by what was said. And so, and especially in, in coaching all the people that I coach and especially, you know, with, with doing my classes around podcasting and other stuff, I find it so often that we believe that we are communicating clearly and in our own minds we are but in actuality people may not be hearing what we're saying and so th there's a wonderful technique and i and i try and you remember to use it as often as possible called reflection reflect back to the person you're communicating with what you just heard from them to make sure that it's really what they meant and what they said. So when someone says something, when you're in an important discussion and someone says something, it's so important to say, okay, so if I'm hearing you properly, this is what you said. And say back exactly what you believe they meant by what they said. And see what they say, because you might be surprised. They might say, well, no, 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 that's not it. Or, well, not exactly. What I really mean is this. And I tell you, I've coached people over the years on different kinds of relationships, business relationships, personal relationships, partnerships, all kinds of things. And so often I cannot believe how many problems come up because the communication was either inconsistent, not clear, or not enough. And so I really felt important, and, and, and maybe I didn't do as good a job in this section as in other sections, but I really wanted to emphasize how important communication is, because it's something we take so for granted, yet it's something that is, is actually the thing we should take the least for granted, that we, we really, it will serve us and save us from so many problems and so many headaches. If we're just more clear and 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 even over communicate, it's almost better to over communicate than under communicate. Um, I mean, you might annoy the person a little bit, but at least you're making sure that the two of you understand each other. So, so uh, that that's my my section of my book, Everyday Awakening, for this week. Um, you can find it at www.everydayawakeningbook.com. That'll just take you straight to the link on Amazon. Um, and and if you are like me and you like to support small independent bookstores, go in and ask them, do they have Everyday Awakening from Sam Leibowitz? And if they don't, they can order it because we're in major distributors. So any bookstore can get this book. You just may have to ask them for it if you don't see it there. So um, hope you enjoyed that section. Uh, a, a, a very important one, especially in, in today's uh, day and age, I feel. All right. Now, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show author and speaker Brent Cassidy. Brent is the author of the book Nightmare Success, Loyalty, Betrayal, Life Behind Bars, Adapting and Finally Breaking Free, a memoir. He's also the host of the growing popular podcast Nightmare Success In and Out. Brent was an innovative CEO of Forever Enterprises, a national company which he grew from a regional company to operating in 22 states. He was recognized by the national media, places like Time, CNN, Fortune, Forbes, Wall Street Journal. He was on even a cover story on of Entertainment Tonight, just to name a few. And HBO even did a documentary about him called The Young and the Dead that ended up spawning the popular HBO series Six Feet Under. I really like that series. Just 
when he thought he had it all, he lost it and found himself standing at the gates of Leavenworth to serve a five-year sentence. What happens when your worst fear becomes your reality? He has coined the phrase nightmare success because everything you want is on the other side of fear. How did that one thing happen that Brent feared most, the one thing he said would never happen to him, happen? Brent, welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour. I've been looking forward to this uh, conversation for a while. Me too, Sam. I'm really happy to be here. And and now after you've read that in and then you you did your intro, we've we've got to do some good communication, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So if I'm asking you a few extra questions, you know why. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So, so um, uh, I always like to try and, and give the audience a little bit of a background. So um, how did you become, first of all, CEO of Forever Enterprises? What kind of company was it? And 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 what was that experience like, like growing it to a national company? Well, it was, uh, it was a family company, Sam. So interestingly enough, um, how I became the CEO, um, my dad was actually the founder of this company. And as, as it grew, um, I've, I kind of had a fork in the road. I was going to be a trial attorney and I was, uh. you know, just, you know, I figured it all out, political science, going to do the thing. And the one thing, and I, I had a pretty good grade point average in, in college I had a 3.4, but I was, I registered on the dumb, dumb, dumb scale when it came to taking standardized tests. Uh. And I just, couldn't get past the LSAT. So I took a fork in the road and said, dad, here I am. What do you think about me coming into the business? And I wanted to start at the ground floor and I didn't want to be the founder's son in, in St. Louis. So I went down and he said, well, I said, I'd like to go somewhere, dad, to pass fail. And, uh, you know, not just see if I can make this work. And he said, well, Brent, we've got a new place in Texas. It's in Austin sign a new place down there. That's yours if you want it. I said, I'll take it. And that's how I got started. So our, um, our company, if you take it back a little bit, um, I, I grew up with a dad that was somebody that uh, I idolized. He was one of those guys that was bigger than life. He was, you know, he was a valedictorian at high school. He won the state championship in basketball. He went to play D1 at Missouri State in, in basketball and track. He zoomed out of there and went to law school, graduated number one in his class, and then he won some big cases and got into business. And so as a kid, I was like, man, you know, I remember just thinking, I want to be just like him. And uh, my dad had a hiccup, a pretty good size hiccup when I was 15 years old, and and uh, he had a bank, uh, one of his investments, and he told the government that he'd run the bank and they'd run, he need, they need to run the government and uh, they didn't end up well. Dad ended up <laughs> pleading. Uh, he ended up uh, eventually had six months in prison. And as a, you know, as a 15 year old kid, I said, this, this, we, we moved from Springfield to St. Louis and uh, my whole world changed at that time. And mm. it was, a, it, it was an odd time too, Sam, from the standpoint that, uh, you know, you move into a new place and your dad's going to prison. And then there's these questions of where's the dad? Is the mom a widow? Is she, mm. you know, divorced? So you had all that going on, but I do remember, and you talked about it in the intro when, when I visited my dad in prison, you know, I remember the visit and it was so hard to see him in there, but I remember when we were leaving there was a couple of things is I can't believe that we're that family now that we go on the weekends to visit my dad. Mm-hmm. Second thing was that'll never happen to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Never happened to me. All right. So, so let, let, let's hold it there for a moment. Now, now you, you really looked up to your dad, didn't you? Yeah. Like, like your dad was really, you know, some, a, a large figure in your life. And, and this was something that you really shocked you. I imagined as a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, how does the golden child with a golden touch end up going to prison? I mean, it was, I just remember my dad telling me this and I couldn't even hear what he was saying. It was like a haze that he was, it didn't make any sense to me. Hmm. All right. All right, cool. Let's hold it there. We're not finished with the story yet. 
the, but we got to um, take a, a, a quick break for a moment. And, and when we come back, let, let's talk about, okay, your dad ended up in prison. You know, what happened next? And then, you know, what was your path? And, and, and how did you end up uh, standing in front of the gates of Leavenworth, the place that you said you would never be? Okay, Brent? Sounds good. Awesome. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon Eastern time here in New York City and on KMET Radio in Southern California at 10 a.m. Pacific time on Wednesdays. Yes, we're being streamed uh, uh, on KMET in California. I'm really thrilled uh, to have them as an affiliate. Uh, So that's why it's no longer just good afternoon. It's good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. Because who knows where you're listening to from. So we will be right back after this quick break. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Speaking this hour with Brent Cassidy, author of the book Nightmare Success. So, Brent, when we last left off, your dad is in prison because of, I mean, he probably could have avoided it had he um, communicated a little bit more. That's what I was thinking, Sam. Communication was bad. Yeah. Um, But he eventually did get out of prison, right? I mean, this wasn't forever. Go ahead. And I, I was going to say, and, he, and he, again, he hit the ground running. There, there was one company that was saved out of the whole mess, and it was uh, called National Pre-Range Services. And it was a very unsexy company, but with a very real idea of people taking care of their funeral arrangements ahead of time and then freezing the cost of that that would take the burden off their family. It was a newer concept, and uh, but it survived because Dad had put that in a family trust of of uh, my mom, my brother, and me. And so when he came out, he started building that. And ten years after, I actually came into that company, and I had done some sales in the past, and I kind of liked sales. It kind of felt like uh, it felt like sports. You know, you keep score. It didn't matter how old you were. If you're good, you're good. You, if you know, you, 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 you make your own way. Everybody keeps score. So um, I came into the company uh, and I happened to be really good at, at what I was doing. And at 25 years old, I had grown a region. My dad wanted to move into our other company that we had gotten into with, with insurance because when we did a contract, 
it would be funded by insurance. So mm-hmm. that was his world. My brother came in uh, a few years later, and he was more on the technology end. And um, Forever Enterprises uh, was a company that was born out of a a family idea of doing uh, life stories on people's lives. You know, presidents and movie stars, just as we're seeing right now with Queen Elizabeth, you see the highlights mm-hmm. of their life. We mm-hmm. said, why don't, why isn't somebody being a filmmaker for your mom, your dad, your grandparents? So we got into that business, started buying uh, cemeteries. And the idea was, is to go to the people who own cemetery property, because a lot of people bought cemetery property before they died. And we would do life stories chapter by chapter, go through their scrapbook, get them talking about their, their life. And it became a way to basically, there's an old Chinese proverb that says, um, when someone dies, a library burns. So we wanted to become a library of lives for the community. It was a big idea. We got a lot of press with it. Um, uh, we've, one of the reasons why HBO did a documentary on it, we bought the Hollywood Cemetery out in California. Uh-huh. and bringing, breathing new life into that cemetery. But we loved what we were doing. It was a passion, uh, bringing these stories to people, introducing generations to people. So everything seemed good, right? Yeah. I mean, a cemetery (laughs) business, it doesn't seem like you could get into much trouble with that. You wouldn't think. Yeah. Well, eventually what happened, Sam, was the, we, we continued to grow continue to grow the cemetery side, continue to grow the uh, production company and the insurance company with our sales of Prini continue to grow. The one thing that got us sideways was, is, is dad, uh, he had this thing that he, he was, a, he was a smart guy and, and uh, being an attorney, he, he always, I think had a chip on his shoulder from being from a small town. That uh, you're not going to, you're not going to push anything past me. Well, we had a huge, the biggest reinsurer in the world, and they wanted to come back and and renegotiate a contract. It was called a reinsurance contract. Mm-hmm. Reinsurance, not getting into the weeds, is just you. You're the smaller company. You write the business. They pay you commission for your business, and they take the liability. Mm-hmm. All that being said, Sam, if it would have been, you know, not the sharpest knife in the door, Brent Cassidy of them coming back and saying we need to renegotiate, no problem. Uh, let's do it. Probably would have cost us a little bit of money, but we all, all went on our way. Dad, on the other hand, said no, and not that, but hell no. So uh, that, that that put us in a tailspin with a very big company that was about the size of a country. Wow. Once the, once that started happening, we went into arbitration, started leaking out into other states, and when regulatory bodies smell smoke, they assume a fire and we couldn't catch up with the fire and the narrative was written. The spin was in and uh, we went around the world. My dad came to me and said, Brent, I can't go talk to these regulators because I'm an ex felon. I need you to go out and tell the story. And I was Mm -hmm. Sam, I was one of those things where I had kind of ignored that part of our business because I, that wasn't the business I was interested in. Right. My problem, my bad, but that had to be then the thing that I had to get really up to scale, up to, um, needed to be tutored on basically to Mm -hmm. understand what in the world were we doing and then be able to go out and talk about it. But the thing about it was, Sam, is I wanted to do that. I wanted to, to, to save the company. I wanted to put the cape on my back. I wanted to show off for my dad, but it also put me in the direct line of fire of being the face of the company uh, going and talking to the regulators. And uh, we went through six years of an investigation uh, being, I would not wish it on anybody. It, it was no. just a, a nightmare that just continued to grow. But um, you know, in the end you have to figure out where you are and um there was, they they wrapped around a conspiracy piece, which wrapped in it's about six people. Um, oh, so it was it was a big case, got a lot of attention. Uh, I have three daughters that had to live through that. Uh, mm-hmm. We basically, you know, put a bubble around us and said, you know, let's get through this. We had a lot of support from from friends and, so, and family. So what did they actually end up convicting you on? 
Well, my biggest thing was is that I allowed an ex-felon to work in the business of insurance, which carried a five-year sentence. Then the uh, the once they deemed the business to be wrong, it was mail fraud, uh, wire fraud, and um, money laundering. Because anything you bought with those dollars, which we bought other things like cemeteries and another mm-hmm. insurance company, those things. So what they do on that is to to push you into a, a box. You know, you're first working without any money because you you've lost that. But the uh, they stack those charges. So, it, you know, a, a mail fraud charge of one mail fraud, if you've been in business for 30 years, they can stack that 25 times if they want. And those carry 20 uh, year sentences to them. And, and, and the, and the felon is, was your dad. I mean, basically the person who started the company, they're saying you shouldn't have let him back. Yes. And I mean, that was, that was another thing, Sam, we should have, I should have known the law. Uh, I was in a position to know the law in 1994. They Congress created a law that said an ex-felon couldn't work in the business of insurance. Our attorneys didn't talk about or know about it, but it was the law and it was my job to know. Uh, and I take responsibility for all the different things that happened. I should have known more about what we were doing with the insurance company. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you know, trust can be, you know, a wonderful thing or it can be a knife and you've got to make sure that you do and, and, Regardless if it's whoever it is, you've got to make sure that you know what's going on in your own company. So when when you finally got sentenced, when they finally came up with the verdict, were you surprised or were you expecting it? So I ended up, um, in the end, uh, everybody took a plea. And it's uh-huh. interesting how that all works. I mean, when I had my daughters were old enough to, to say, Dad, this has been a, you know, a tsunami of bad. You you can't go because if, if you go to a trial, we could lose you forever. Mm. Um, so I, I was ready at the time, you know, I was tired. I was worn out. I knew that we weren't mm. probably going to be able to get to the and The money part of it was a big deal. Um, but I hit, I hit a rock bottom that night when I agreed to play and it was, uh, you know, my, my kit, we had a, uh, vacation house in Nantucket and my, they were up there and I was going to come up there the next day. And, um, when we got off the phone, it was a family phone call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really thought, you know, everything's getting my, you know, Tyler and my mom are going to help take care of Julie and, and my girls. Uh, you know, and I started thinking, can I live as an ex felon, um, mm-hmm. the rest of my life? Uh, will I be a stain on my family, my girls, and, and maybe Julie, my wife needs a, a fresh start. And I was drinking, shouldn't have been, mm-hmm. uh, and by myself. And so I had another drink and got out a piece of paper and wrote all this out and thanked all my friends and, and family. I went, had another drink and went downstairs and turned on the car. And I didn't know if I was going to go run into a tree or is this going to let it run. And Sam, something hit me like a lightning bolt. It's like, oh my God, Brent, what are you doing? You're the guy, mm. half, glass half full guy. This would be the worst way for you to go out. Yeah. What would your kids think? And so at that moment, it was like, I, I knew that I had a lot of things in front of me that scared me to death. But I went from being feeling sorry for myself as a victim to a survivor. And it gave me strength to whatever I was going to step into, I was going to do it in a way that, I could make my 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 mom, my uh, my wife, my kids proud of the way I was handling it, um, and, and it was really from that moment forward. That rock bottom moment was kind of a new beginning for me, Sam. Of what was I going to do? Because the next thing that happened was is you know I had a, a plea bargain that went from probation to five years, and I got a five year sentence. You wait for a while, you find out, you know, in the mail it comes and it says where you're going. And there it was, I'm going to Leavenworth. And I was like, Oh, uh, Sam, I've heard of that one. And (laughs) so, but but let me ask you a question. You know, I find it fascinating. Like most people would think that your rock bottom would have come when you were in prison, but it actually came before you made it there. Yes. So that you could, you're actually on your way up. Um, I was on my way up. And and, in the thing that I think that, because I remember when we went, we, I went with my mom and my brother and, and uh, my wife, we went down the night before to, to Leavenworth. Um, 
And I remember looking because the lights, the sun was going down and you could kind of see the guys walking the, the track around the barbed wire fence and you could kind of see guys walking around. And I, all I could think of is that that on none world, I have no idea what that is and I'm going to be in there tomorrow. It's mm-hmm. going to be me. That's going to be my life for years. Yeah. And I, the day that I was standing at that gate, Sam, I, I knew that everything that was behind me was everything I loved and everything I knew. And everything was, that was standing, I was standing in front of that gate was all the unknown. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I had to figure out, okay, in that situation, what do you do? Like what, right. when, you, when you're dealing with your worst fear becomes your reality, what do you do? Right. And, I, and I went back to things that I was familiar with, but my, my biggest fear was losing me, whatever made me me. And so I used what I okay, hold I it there. Hold yeah. it there. Let, let, let's hold it because we got to take a little a, a short break. But sure. Let's hold it there, and then when we come back, let's talk about how did you keep from losing yourself, and and what was it like when you faced that unknown? Yeah. Okay. Good. All right, everybody. You, you, Please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we will be right back with our guest, Brent Cassidy, in just a moment. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. So, so Brent, you're standing there, the gates of Leavenworth, you're about to go in. It must have been such a, a emotional and an internal turmoil place for you to be at that time. Yeah, and you, you um, it's as if you imagine, I mean, it, it's, it's scary and, you know, anything walking through something like that is, is about the most humbling thing you can do in your life. Um, and you go in and, and they kind of have a way through your processing to make sure that you understand <laughs> how this is going to change and, and who has the power. And it, you can almost feel, it almost feels like you can feel it coming off your skin, your freedom. Mm-hmm. And you you learn that you don't know what's going on. They're not going to tell you what's going on. You're going to be told when things happen as they happen. And it was, uh, and you check it, you know, I went to, ended up at a minimum camp, but you check into the big, ugly uh, 1879 wow. prison in the bowels of the 
basement there and, and they put you in a cell and you don't know what that means. You don't know. My, you know, your first thing is, do they know I'm not really supposed to be here, that I was supposed to be over <laughs> here, or does it even matter anymore? Yeah. Do they, so you have all that. But once I got down to the, to the prison camp, uh, it was some things happened that I would have never expected. Uh, the first thing that happened was I had a, my bunkmate uh, was this Hispanic guy that uh, he, you know, Romo just immediately started helping me, you know, Hey, we oh. gotta, we gotta clean out your locker. You can't put your stuff in there. I'm, you you got to make your bed military style. I'm going to show you how to do that. Wow. Uh, and, and immediately we, we, he was just all hands on. And then he said, Hey, and I've got to introduce you to this guy. He's one of you. And I go over there. He introduces me to this guy that, um, believe it or not, went to the same high school as me in St. Louis. And we both played basketball and he wow. was there for, it was, but within minutes, I thought, wow, I didn't expect this. I, I have people that are, I, I'm like a, you know, <laughs> an infant here, you know, just mm. crawling and they're, they're helping me. So that experience just within that time period. And I was able to make a phone call to Julie and, and my girls uh, after I went down to the counselor's office. And that was emotional because, mm. you know, I wanted to tell her I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. Don't worry right. about me. Right. But the life in prison is one of those things where you really, there's, there's two kinds of people that make it in prison. Uh, just a quick question. Was there ever, ever a moment when you thought when you were in there that you weren't going to be okay? Yeah. Yeah. And there was a time period when I uh, was joking around and there, it was a guy that had been in prison for 15 years and we were at work at the food warehouse and we were joking. He was joking about how I was driving the forklift and I made a joke about, and he got angry and came at me and, and started punching me. And I, I don't know uh -huh. if I'd been in a fight since I was like in seventh or eighth grade, but I realized Brent, Hey, you're in a different spot here. You're not no. at uh, your buddy's place or, your, or whatever. This is, this is different. You got him. And I walked home that day, walked home, walked back to the prison camp thinking I better, I better stay in check. I better, you know, be aware of what I'm, my surroundings, what I'm doing. And mm. uh, for the most part, for the most part, people who got out of line did uh, it's a primitive environment, uh, mm. you know, and it's, if you get out of lines, people get beat up. Uh, but if you do, and it's all about respect in the primitive environment, if you respect me and I respect you, uh, there's a general respect and that's how the prison environment works. Mm. And I've, I was lucky to get through that environment. I had, you know, one, one of my big goals was, is when I got in there, I wanted to get a job so it could occupy my time. And I was lucky enough to, uh, second or third day there was a guy that had gotten fired at the food warehouse and jim clark who i had just been introduced to used to work there and so they put in a good word and so the food warehouse is one of the better jobs and we got to fix uh -huh. our own food up there which you know in, in prison food is like crack cocaine so it was yeah. <laughs> it was a big deal but um i was lucky with that i got forklift certified i got to drive the big truck down to the camp and unload it so i kept busy doing and learning things uh and you know my thing was, is to have certain things, just like I had done in my life of goals and plans so that I did that in prison. So uh, that felt, that felt familiar to me. And I, that was my biggest concern, Sam, was don't lose yourself in prison because, you know, they, they said in Shawshank, you know, get busy living or get busy dying. There's either people that are, are, have given up in prison and they're, they're more or less, you can see them. It, it's like, you know, they're roadkill and you've got other people that are just saying, whatever this is, I'm going to hit this concrete floor this morning and I'm going to do whatever I got to do to try to win this day. I'm not getting too far ahead. I just got to win this day, find something that gets me through the day. And there was a lot of that too, but it was a real division in a prison environment of people who had given up and were more or less just wasting away. And there were people uh, that were trying to stay themselves, better themselves. You know, either they were working out, trying to lose weight, working, reading, those type of things to try to improve themselves. So it was a really, it was a dynamic environment of, 
of uh, extremes. What was probably your your biggest surprise of, of your time that that you were in in, in there? Like what what kind of hit you that that really like you never would have imagined before you'd gotten inside? That there were good guys in there. Uh-huh. I, I I wouldn't have ever have thought, but you know I found some some good people in prison, and a lot of the people that were in the federal environment had drug issues and, and, uh-huh. you know, and they were usually the low hanging fruit, but there were other guys in there that, you know, they had chosen a, you know, maybe the drug trade, but they were really good businessmen, you know, that they had uh-huh. set up distribution commissions, yeah. you know, all the different things that you have to do to be successful. They were just on the wrong side of it. And if those people could turn, you know, and get, be given an opportunity on the outside, to use all those things that they were good at that built their business into another type of business that was legal. But that was my biggest surprise. I was scared that all those things you see on the movies that, and they, and those things can happen. I saw people, you know, bloodied up and different things that happened. But for the most part, I was surprised about how many good people were in there just trying to get uh, a second chance. Uh, wow. And smart. Some of them were smart guys. Yeah. 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 Uh, did you find yourself counting the days? Like, like, were you like, I, I got four years to go. I got three years to go. I got two <laughs> years to go. Well, here's what I did. One of the things that I did was, is my daughter, my youngest daughter made me a calendar every, uh, every year. And she had all of our family pictures in, in the calendar. And so one of my routines when I would go to bed at night would to be right to write into that square. And mm-hmm. What happened that day? What was my win for the day? One of the things I learned in prison was, is you can't look too far ahead. You got to get and and be in the present because if you get too far ahead, it it overwhelms you. So I also learned that if I had a bad day, let myself have a bad day, go all the way down. You know, Mm. prison's a dark, ugly place. And if you're going to have a bad day, just, but, but you got to bounce up. So I wouldn't let myself write two bad days in my calendar, I had to figure oh. out how to get back on track because it's a slippery slope in prison. If you start going down and having these bad days, I also think it's a slippery slope on the outside. One of the things I was talking to you about Sam, before we got on is, is that the worry in prison is to become institutionalized, to lose yourself to the right. environment, the habits, the routines that you become scared to leave prison. Yeah, so the, the the walls become your comfort instead of the things that are holding you back. Right. And what I find seeing as I've gotten out of prison is that people build up these prisons in their own mind to where they want to step out. But this ugly routine becomes a warden of their freedom. They won't step because right. even if it's a routine that they hate, they won't do it. Right. There was, there was a guy that uh, I was listening to, uh, Devin West, who's, who was a guy that went to prison. He was a football player uh, down in Texas. And he said a, a guy, an old black man came up to him when he was in prison. And he said, son, he said, you're having a hard time here. He said, you're not going to make it. Mm. And he said, you know, he said, this place is like a boiling water, pot of boiling water. And he said, when you put an egg in the boiling water, he says, what's it do? And, and Devin said, well, it, it, it uh, gets hard. He said, you can't do that. You got to still be yourself in here. You can't just get hard. Can't let your heart get hard. Um, Mm. Put a piece of ice in here. He said, what happened? He says, it melts. Can't can't melt yourself away. Can't be soft in here. He said, now, he said, I put the coffee bean in here. What's that do to the water? Everyone was stopped. It's like, I I don't know. He said, it changes the water to coffee. Mm. So he said, that is what you got to be in prison and what you got to be in life. You got to change the water. Mm. And my thought in prison was, is I, I was at the worst point in my life. You can't go any further than being behind a barbed wire fence and walking that track. And my whole thing was Sam, what do I do with this? What, yeah. I've always been somebody that wanted to make a difference. What do I do now? And that was kind of the pieces, and I started putting together, okay, nightmare success, those two words. All right, wait, 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 wait. Don't get ahead of me now. That's where I want to go next. 
Okay. But, but we got to take our last break of the show. So we, we still got a few minutes left. We're going to take a real short break. But when we come back, let's talk about the decisions you made in prison. And then when you got out, you know, what really, once you the, the, you had that taste of freedom again and you stepped outside the gates, what that was like and and what yeah. you've really dedicated your, your life to since then, okay? Absolutely. Awesome. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday on talkradio.nyc, every Wednesday on KMET in Southern California. And we will be right back with our guest, Brent Cassidy, author of Nightmare Success, in just a moment. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. So Brent, I'm, I'm I'm sure you can remember the feeling, but what was that feeling the day you came out of Leavenworth? There was just nothing like it. I mean, if you take Christmas morning as a kid mm. and ramp that up times at a million, uh, there's just nothing like it. The other thing that was interesting about the coming out that day, you know, knowing that your family's on the other side of that, and you're going to finally get to them, and and there's it's just going to be the most wonderful thing. You know, you walk in alone and you, you do, mm. I mean, literally you're processed in alone, but walking out, you know, the high fives and the people saying good luck and all those things that happened, it was like, what a difference from coming in that day, being scared mm. to death to going out and slapping the high fives to getting out there. And then my family was on the other side of that and we couldn't have got off that property fast enough thinking yeah. you kind of had this PTSD deal, Sam, where yeah. did, don't make a mistake. Did they make a mistake? We got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all good. Was, was there ever a moment you didn't think you were going to make it out or, or were you always like, I think no matter it, what, I'm going to make it out of here. Oh, I think it was, you know, you always know that you're going to, but the, you had this, uh, uncertainty about the system that they're going to mess up something uh, that they're going to there something's going to fail in the system and they're going to mess up paperwork because you see you know people get shipped to the wrong places and, and all these other things that you mm. hear that these awful stories you think that i can't land on me i just got to get out but yeah no getting out was just such a and and it takes you a little while to get your feet back under you you know of course um, of course it, it just the and I think that's one of the things that people are like, you've got to be so excited and so happy. Absolutely. But in the meantime, you're like jumping in a moving car. You're trying to catch up. What all changed while I was in? How do I fit back in? And you're, you know, your mind races, but it eventually catches up and you, you find yourself again, you find your rhythm and your path. 
And, you know, eventually what I wanted to do, Sam, was use my experience of, of what I went through. And I felt like, you know, if, if my story could be relatable to anyone that was struggling, that they were either, they either gone through a bad time and they got stuck or they are stuck. And how do you take a step forward? I wanted to share that story to be able to tell people, Hey, you can survive. And maybe hitting your rock bottom is your new beginning that you would have never have found. For me, there was a lot of intrepidation for me to write a book uh, because it was bringing all that back up. Right. But I, but I also wanted to to pay it forward to be a story that people could use. And the other part of it was, is that uh, I started and, and at the same time I was bringing this book out, I was being on the other podcasts, but I, I, I really want to do a podcast that, that kind of parallels where I was going with the book. And mm. I was, I was walking with my wife when I said, I, I, I want to do a podcast. And she said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I think I want to talk to ex inmates. You know, I've got like 50 uh, of them on my Facebook. I want to talk to them about their experience and, you know, life before prison, life in prison, life out of prison. how did you get through it? How did you adapt? How did you change? How did you survive? And you know, it's, it's been, and it, I have found my passion, Sam. It is something I love doing. These stories are incredible. So, uh, so let me ask you a question. Out. Your book, Nightmare Success, who is it written for? Is it written for the person in prison who've gotten out of prison? Or, or is it written for people who n- you want never to get in prison? <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. It is. It's for both. I mean, I've had okay. people, that, it's made the rounds at Leavenworth because I've had people write me that have, read, uh, have read the book. And that's uh, such, that fills me up. But it's also for the people who might have been in business or might be in business and are worried about what happens if I take a wrong step. How do I, how do I avoid minefields? Or how do you just look at something and say, I'm going to step through this, but I'm going to step through it with some principles that can get me through. And I, and I, I share those. And, and, and that's one of the things I talk to people about when I'm on mm. uh, speaking is, is these five principles. But the thing of it is, I know that you can survive anything and your mind always makes it out worse than it's going to be always. Mm. Right. And even prison, my mind had made it out worse than it was going to be. And I think that's one of the things that people have to get and level themselves and study themselves with is that if you step, you have to take action. But if you take a step, you feel different. You take another step, you feel more different. You take that third yeah. step. Now you're on your way to something that even if it scared you, you, you're starting to create progress for yourself. I'm, I'm curious. We don't have too much time left, but have you met any of your ex um, inmates outside of prison have you met anyone who you felt they were still living as if they're inside of prison yeah and it's the thing of it is sam is it's not easy to take those steps out of prison and succeed you know the 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 numbers are horrible two-thirds of the people go back in three years three-fourths of the people go back in five years there's a lot of reasons for that it's hard to get a job you got to check the box and say that you're an ex-felon you you want to rent an apartment you got to check the box but for the people who have the support they can take advantage of that opportunity and, and get to where they want to get on the next step. But yeah, I've seen people and it's hard to, to see that they're stuck. Um, they're probably going to be back. And um, it's unfortunate because some of these guys I know have a good heart, but they can't find that window of opportunity to, to get through to get where to the next second chance and second chances is such a big deal in our society because if you, and that's one of the things about nightmare success in and out, I think we, we move from prison creature to people that can be related to that. Hopefully when they run across these people, they say, you know what, maybe he gets a second chance with me. I I think, I think I can relate to them. That's Hopefully we're, and I'm not saying that the, everybody that's been to prison is a good person. That's not right. true, right. but there's a lot of people out there that have done their time that really are looking for hard second chances, real second chances that, that they can make themselves who they want to be yeah. finally setting I, I, themselves free. You know, I heard someone say one time that our prison system is not a rehabilitation system. It's a punishment system. Punishment. Yeah. And, and, 
like that fundamental attitude towards what we're doing, it, it, it causes a whole bunch of decisions to be made that really it, it, it's really almost like you're throwing away human life. Even if you're yeah. not killing them, you're, you're throwing away a human life that could have some potential. So, so talk to me about what you're dedicated to now. What are you doing now? You got about two minutes before we close up. Okay. <laughs> well, what I, what I love about what I'm doing right now is this platform that that's been created for uh, nightmare success that and out. I, I have a variety of different personalities, but the common theme is, is that they've, they've dealt with their worst fear mm. and, and they can talk about it, talk about strategies that got them through it. And it's, it's from all the different comments and different things that, that I get back. It's, it's such a, it's, it's twofold. One is, is these people that are on it really love to be able to have the platform to share their story. And, yeah. and some of these stories are just gut wrenching and, and some are funny and some are sad and, but all in all, there's nuggets of wisdom in there that you can pull away from each one of these episodes. And the second part of it is, is I think it's, it's, it's making or connecting a bridge to that unfamiliar world of that's the prisoner to the listener. Who's what are these people like? And hopefully that helps overall because my hope, my, my overall hope is, is that second chances become more uh, prevalent in our society. And we, we, we understand each other better. As going back to what your original reading was communication. Yeah. 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 That, that when we communicate with people, we find out that they're not so different from us, yeah. that if we were in their position, we would want a second chance and, and that, you know, anybody can make a mistake. And sometimes it's, it's not even really their mistake. It's not an overt. It's not an intentional malevolent mistake. Sometimes not always, but sometimes it's a completely unintentional, completely mishap of, of a mistake. Uh, real quickly, if people want to learn more about you and what you're doing today or get hold of you, where do they find you and where do they find your podcast? I would love for people to go to brentcasty.com. That, that's where all my stuff is. Uh, you can also find my podcast there or my book there, Nightmare Success. Uh, the podcast is can be found on Spotify. It can be found on Apple, Odyssey, uh, YouTube, Google, wherever you listen to your podcast. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's been, it's been great doing something, finding a passion. And, and uh, I just hope that, uh, you know, as it goes, Sam, uh, more people know about what we're doing. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I'm so glad that you took the time out of your schedule to come on the show today, Brent. I really appreciate you. Uh, BrentCassidy.com. That's B-R-E-N-T-C-A-S-S-I-T-Y.com. His book is called Nightmare Success. You can find it on Amazon, all the major booksellers. Brent, thank you so much. Thank you, Sam. Really appreciate it. And thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in week after week. I so appreciate you. Remember, if you're looking for the live stream and you're not seeing it on Facebook, we're not on Facebook anymore. Go to YouTube. It's youtube.com slash talking alternative. And thank you for tuning in. We will be talking to you next week. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
You on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.